Hey there, you're listening to the Swings and Studies podcast with your host, Jordan Perez. This podcast is designed to give you the latest in college golf in the form of interviews, analysis, the occasional hot take, and some good old commentary. If you want to keep up for more content, follow Swings and Studies on Twitter, at Swings Studies. That's at Swings Studies. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Swings and Studies podcast. I'm your host Jordan Perez and we're back to celebrate the best week of the year. At least I think it is. Uh, It better be your favorite week too because uh, we're not quite in it actually. It's next week but ANMA, the Augusta National Women's Amateur, is right around the corner. Uh, That'll be starting on March 31st. Today is March 24th as I record this. Today I spoke to one of the many spectacular players in the field, Rachel Keen. She's a sophomore at Wake Forest University. Uh, some of her career highlights include uh, winning the Annika Intercollegiate in her freshman year. Uh, she won the Women's North and South last summer. She was elected to the 2020 U.S. Arnold Palmer Cup team. She was also a first-team All-American in 2019-2020, so she's had a really excellent career uh, thus far, which is super early into her collegiate career. Wake Forest came back with the rest of the ACC this spring and she notched uh, medalist honors at the Palmetto and helped her team pull out the dubs. So, I mean, truly, she is on a roll. She's not only an incredible golfer, but super entertaining on TikTok. She's got 40,000 followers who consume trick shots, uh, denouncing misogynistic comments, Uh, She's also got some very funny golf TikToks. And it was such a pleasure getting to speak to not only such a lighthearted and energetic personality, but a first-time player at ANMA who has really got some great perspective on the Augusta National Women's Amateur and just what it means for women's golf. So I'm really excited to be sharing this interview with you guys. I think Rachel is a phenomenal talent. She has a lot going for her not only on the golf course but in the tiktok creator space so stick around for the ride this one's a goodie i wanted to know not only how are you right now i know you've got a really big week ahead um but where are you and when are you headed out for augusta yes yeah, so i i'm on wake's campus right now um i'm, I'm good i'm just kind of getting ready and, and trying to get ahead in school and stuff and i leave on sunday morning i'm gonna head down i have to to get a COVID test at three o'clock on site. Um, but yeah, I know uh, me, Amelia and Swing, we're all just really excited to get down there and, and trying to get ready to, to play and hopefully play well. Have you ever been to Augusta before? I have. Um, I've gotten to play the course once, um, gosh, I think it was four years ago. So my sophomore year of high school. Um, and it was, it was really cool being honest with you. You know, you step on the first tee and you're kind of hit with this feeling of history that surrounds the whole golf course. And it's, it's spectacular. You know, I played it in October, so it was like their off season and still not a single blade of grass was out of place. and Everything was just pristine and perfect. So I, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in a week. So before we dive more into like this entire week for you, let's talk about your spring season at Wake Forest. Uh, you got a nice team and individual win under your belt this spring at the Palmetto. 
and the Demon Deacons have really remained in the mix for pretty much every tournament they've played with plenty of top fives. That's a pretty high level of resilience, in my opinion. How are you personally feeling knowing where you and your team is at? Absolutely, yeah. We uh, we have a really deep team this season, just like we did last year. And um, I, I, I kind of want to, I don't want to say I want to speak for everyone, but I feel like everyone feels that we haven't played our best golf and to know that we've been able to compete with everyone in the country, you know, every team that we play, play against and, and knowing that we haven't really played to our potential, it just kind of gets us really excited for postseason because hopefully we'll be able to, to get it done there. And, and I feel like we all have confidence in our team to know that you can put us up against anyone and we can compete and, and on our good days, we can beat anyone. So it's really exciting. And individually, I, um, I'm just kind of <laughs> hoping to, to peak in postseason too. And, and, to maybe put myself in contention a couple more times. But but yeah, I mean, I think everyone in the program is feeling great right now. Cycling back, when the pandemic hit, you were fresh off the start of your collegiate career. And as I kind of understand it, when you were first going down that college golf search, Wake Forest wasn't on your radar for a while until you actually stepped foot on campus. Um, what was that abrupt separation like? And did it kind of reaffirm the assurance you had in ultimately choosing Wake Forest? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I had such a great time my freshman year, I guess the three quarters of my freshman year that I was on campus. Um, you know, the community at Wake is amazing. The, the teachers are amazing. The golf program is incredible. My coaches are unbelievable. And, and just kind of the family that I have at Wake and in particular within the program, both the girls and the guys, we're all just so close and, and being sent home in March. Um, it, it was sad. <laughs> I kind of got home and, and, you know, I was excited to go home and see my parents for, and that lasted, you know, a little bit, but then I was like, when am I going to get to see my friends? When am I going to get to compete again? And, and it kind of all led up to getting back on campus in the fall, but then really being able to compete again this spring. Um, everyone was so excited and, and it was tough sitting at home through the fall and watching um, all the SEC teams compete. And a lot of my friends get to play and, and we were sat at home, but, but I think we as a program did a really good job of, of using that time to get better um, and, and set ourselves up to have a successful spring season. It seems to me like you're extremely close with your family. When the stay-at-home orders and lockdown kind of fell into place, do you feel like your relationships with your family strengthened at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was always growing up really close with my family, and it's been it's been hard because my older brother has now moved out. He's living up in Boston, um, but he got to come home a little bit during the pandemic. And, and I got to see my younger brother who's still in high school and, and my parents, obviously. And it, it was really nice being at home for, for a little bit because my mom, my mom kept repeating. She's like, you know, once Corey moves out and you go to college, you're not going to get to have like an extended period of time as a family. You know, you get, you know, a week here, maybe for a holiday or so, but, um, it was something that I really appreciated being able to spend time and, you know, laugh and go walk nine holes with, with the whole five of us. And it, it was definitely a special time and was a silver lining and like during the pandemic. We're going to fully dive into TikTok a little bit later, but how did you get your siblings in on some of those funnier TikToks? <laughs> I, I am going to give most of the credit to my two brothers because they were the ones that came up with most of the ideas, at least for like the sillier, funnier ones. Um, but ultimately, we, the three of us just really have a good time together, being honest with you. Um, and it's 
complete craziness when everyone's together. So, so that's kind of what came out of those. <laughs> On a more serious note, was there anything that you felt like you learned as a whole that kind of set in in 2021 from the weird year that was 2020? Yeah, I think it, it gave me a chance to, to step back and spend a little more time focusing on my relationships with people. Um, you know, a lot of times life can get so crazy and so busy, and, and especially as a student athlete, you, you're going from one place to the next to the next. And and being kind of sat at home, it gave, even if I wasn't physically with people, you know, it gave me a chance to, you know, call my friend that I hadn't talked to in a while or, or you know, be there for people that I knew would be there for me too. And it it gave me a chance to, to be present in those relationships, which I, I really appreciated. So you still had a relatively good year in terms of winning. You had a win at the North and South, but in returning to team golf and being able to have access to the resources at Wake Forest, not only physically, but with your teammates and coaches around, where do you feel like you stand with your game now? I definitely think that I, since starting college, I'm a totally different player. Um, and I think it was nice being able to have the time with no tournaments because it gave me a chance a chance to work on my swing without, you know, having to put it under tournament pressure yet. Um, and it gave me a chance to, to just really grind practicing because a lot of times, at least the way I work is, you know, you practice when you're practicing. And then when you get on the golf course, you kind of let those thoughts go away and you work with whatever you had that day. Um, but it gave me a long period of time to make swing advancements and to, you know, maybe learn a new chip shot or, or something like that. And, and then I think being able to then put it under pressure, you know, at the end of the summer and then the spring, it's kind of helped me see the importance of like being able to have that big break. So I want to fully dive into Augusta, which is a huge moment for you and not only just golf in general, having been a moment that many people have waited for, for pretty much two years at this point. Um, congratulations. It's pretty much here. How special is this moment for you? And, you know, what are your overall sentimental ties? I know you talked about playing it in high school and then you visited back in October, but I'm sure, you know, having been from the South, it's a huge deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny because growing up, every golfer watches the Masters and, and you know, all the little boys dream of playing in the Masters. And then, you know, girls are like, okay, well, you want to play Augusta, but there's never you know, competitive round that you could play on there. And, and then they announced ANWA and they announced kind of this big deal for women's amateur golf. And, and then every girl's like, oh, well, maybe I can compete there. And, and so now there's so many girls my age and little girls and, and everyone dreams of playing a competitive round at Augusta now. Um, and, and to have that opportunity is, is something that I'm so thankful for, especially, um, you know, I, I missed out on the, the inaugural event and and so then my goal in kind of the end of 2019, beginning of 2020 was, okay, well, I'm going to make the 2020 ANWA. And then it got canceled. And then here we are, 2021, and it's, it's all built up to this year. And, and you'll have a, a particularly strong field because you'll have all of the 2020 field and then an additional, um, additional spots for the girls that would have made it in 2021. Um, and so knowing that, that you can compete against some of, the best if not all of the best women's amateur golfers on one of the best golf courses in the world is just so incredible and and it really is an honor to, to have this invite 
I mean, it's such an empowering moment for women's golf, especially. And I'm sure for you, being a demon deacon with the longstanding champion, Jennifer Cupshow, having also been um, a product of Wake Forest, how do you feel about a chance for Wake Forest to repeat? Oh, my gosh. What Jennifer did was incredible, and, and it speaks to the player she, she is. Um, and it's just it's so cool what this, what this event has done for women's golf. The other day I was walking on campus, and, and I ran into a friend of mine that plays football. And he was like, oh, my gosh, so when is, like, that big tournament that's, like, at Augusta? Like, and for me to know that, like, people that wouldn't necessarily understand much about women's golf to actually care and, you know, be asking me about this event is, is incredible because it's brought so much press to women's golf. And, and has been able to showcase what, what a lot of these amateurs can do. It, it's, it's been really exciting and, and really cool to watch. Tapping a little bit into TikTok again, um, you have one particular TikTok where you denounced a really uh, sexist comment. How has that platform kind of allowed you to bust some stereotypes and myths? Yeah, I, being honest with you, I don't, <laughs> I don't like to cause much controversy on, controversy on social media. Um, but I saw that comment and it, it kind of disheartened me because it, I think it's a there are a lot of people that don't really understand women's golf and how it's progressed. Um, not to say necessarily that we're going to hit it as far as all the guys do and all that stuff, but but I think there's a lot of girls that are just as talented as the guys are and work just as hard, if not harder, than than so many of the guys. And I see it every day in practice. You know, the guy watching our guys' team practice is amazing. You know, they they hit balls over the fence and. And they hit these golf shots that you're like, oh my gosh. But then you go and, and you have a chipping contest and, and it's close and it's, it's an even playing field. Um, and I think it's fun because the girls team knows that we can compete with the guys team. Um, and, and so when I see a, a comment like that, I just think that, that someone needs to say something. Because if no one ever says anything, if no one ever responds to it, then they'll never change their point of view. And it, I guess in, in the end of the day, it's really not a big deal if, if he doesn't change his point of view, but, but being able to, to put my voice out there and at least give my perspective um, was something that I was glad I had the opportunity to do. Uh, in regards to Augusta, what's your favorite hole? Oh, um, favorite to play or favorite like because it's the prettiest and coolest? Ooh, give me both. <laughs> Okay, I really liked seven to play because I thought it was, I really liked the way you could play it off that back slope on the green. But I think like the prettiest, most memorable hole is obviously 12. Like you can't not play number 12 and just like be in awe of everything around you. I mean, I mean the Ahmed corner is literally oh my the gosh. turning point for that <laughs> whole amazing. course. I mean, I, I've never been to Augusta myself, but every time I see it on TV, no matter if it was Anwa or the Masters, I, I think every time it feels like the first time, you know? Oh my gosh. And it's just beautiful with, with all the azaleas in the background. Just amazing. It's breathtaking, honestly. Yeah, there's truly nothing like that course. <laughs> Um, do you have a favorite Masters win? Favorite Masters win? Um, I remember the first time that I really watched it and actually cared about, you know, who won the Masters. And I don't know, a favorite? I, okay. <laughs> I remember calling Adam Scott to win the Masters before he did. So that's always stuck out with me. 
think that was back yeah. in 2013. I think something wow, I was in I was in middle ago. school so somewhere in there <laughs> yeah sounds about right um you'll be out there with your teammates um Amelia and Suyin what's your relationship like with each one of them oh my gosh our team is so close um and Amelia and Swing are our two captains and and they really do set up set a tone and a precedent for the team they they both work extremely hard um and are just such caring and, and genuine individuals um and they really have just kind of set the standard for our team. They're out there working tirelessly and, and being there for their teammates, both of them. And it's, it's impressive to watch. And it, it makes you want to be a better player and a better person and a better teammate and a better student. And they push every single person on our team to be the best version of themselves. It's, I'm so lucky to have them on a team and as role models. Have you guys talked a lot about the trip to Augusta? A little bit. I, I, uh, it's been hard because there are some players on our team that, that haven't gotten the invite. And so we've kind of been cautious, cautious about that, but, but we're all really excited to go down. I know that for sure. Do you look back at the inaugural edition and did you ever take like any pointers or, you know, see any film from anyone? I know Amelia was out there that first time, you know, do you kind of, do you, have you watched like any film and like noted it for yourself or do you just kind of try to make it centric as to your game and you know your past visits no absolutely and I think everyone really does play their own own golf game um and so it's hard to to sit and to watch you know you you watch Jennifer's shot on 13 the draw she hit over the water up to it was like eight feet um, and it's impressive, but, you know, I don't hit it as far as she can. So I don't know if I'll be able to get there. So it's hard to to watch other people's games and know how to play a golf course when when maybe you don't play it the same way they do. Um, but that said, I definitely have been watching highlights of the Masters and, and of the first Anwa. Um, I guess more just, just to get excited more than, than to learn about the golf course, if that makes any sense. So I want to go back to um, that win at the North and South last summer. That was a huge highlight for your resume. And... You beat out Allison Corpus, who's also going to be at Anwa. Is there a potential rivalry there, or is it all friendly? Oh, there, I wouldn't call it a rivalry at all. Allison and I are good friends. Um, she is such a nice girl and an amazing player. She's had such a great spring season. Um, and it's funny because that was, that was the first time I had met her, and just instantly there was no um, – we were both competitive with each other, but there was no, like, love loss, if that makes any sense. We were both – you know, I was happy for her when she's won her tournament. She was happy for me when I won mine. Um, and then we got to see each other again at the Curtis Cup practice session. And and she's just such a sweet girl. And I love seeing her play well. Um, but yeah, North and South was was such a fun week. And it kind of, I would say it kickstarted a lot for me because that was the first time outside of a college setting that I've been able to to show that I can compete with everyone else. So it was really exciting. All right, so let's fully dive into TikTok. You've got probably <laughs> so many different genres on that platform. You've got <laughs> trick shot videos, um, like we talked about earlier, denouncing sexism, quality golf memes. Honestly, they're super funny. Um, <laughs> I, I remember there was a sweet video about you and your mom. Um, and in that process, you've amassed 40,000 followers along that way. Um, can you kind of tell me about the makings of your TikTok creator career? 
<laughs> yeah, it uh, it started out mostly in when I got back for, for quarantine, and it started as my younger brother and I just kind of having fun with it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, like Kayla, let's make a trick shot video. He's like, okay, Kayla, let's do it. I'll help you think of some shots. And so we did that. Um, and then <laughs> Corey got home and we made some fun ones. And um, then it turned into more of a golf um, TikTok page rather than anything else. And then I had one with my younger brother where I was banging a spoon on a pot that sat on his head that ended up getting uh, a lot of views. But it's it's been a, a big mesh of a lot of different things, but it's more just been fun than anything. Can we expect any more TikToks anytime soon? Because I mean, it's such a quality feed. Like I I laugh and, you know, I smile. Like I get so many things from your TikTok page. It's really great. <laughs> uh, there's nothing in the works, but maybe. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll get back to it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we're going to kick off a little bit of a round of some fun questions. They, all of them have nothing to do with one another. So are you ready? I am so ready. Okay, so we're going to follow the trend on TikTok still. Um, I, I just can't avoid this one. Where do you stand on the Gen Z versus millennial debate? Like, as in where do I think I fall? Um, just particular to your perspective, because I would think you're Gen Z. Yeah, I'm Gen Z, but it's yeah. hard because Gen Z is like, I would consider Gen Z more my younger brother's age, but I know I'm part of it. So I feel like I'm in this like weird middle category where I did like I didn't eat Tide Pods, but at the same time, like I'm not a 90s lady. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like I was born in 1997 and I'm like, I'm totally fringe Gen Z. Like I can relate to people wanting avocado toast and having to transition out of skinny jeans, but also I love putting <laughs> my hair in the middle. I don't, you know, why are we fussing about this? So oh, 100%. I interesting to see where everybody <laughs> stands on it. And then the funny middle segment of Gen Z and millennial where it's like, I grew up with your TV shows, but I also experienced different things that happened in the early 2000s. So it, it's, I feel like it's very complicated when you're in that fringe area. Yeah, it's, I just don't fit in one other category. <laughs> <laughs> so as I understand it, you have a background in tennis. Who is your dream doubles partner? Oh gosh, um, I think it'd be really cool to play with Nadal. He's just such a big name; like, oh, it'd be so cool. He he <laughs> is so great. Oh, the U.S. Open win was so cool. If you could bring any extinct animal back, which would it be? An extinct animal. Do I just bring one back, or do I bring the whole species back? Whatever you like want, like a single creature. Either or? I. Uh, I mean, go, let's let's do species. Let's do species. A mammoth. A I mammoth. Cool to ride. I think you could like ride it. Right. Yeah, the like tusks? an elephant, but like fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like they would be a really reliable source of transportation. Like I like in the works of a golf cart, you know. So if we had mammoth ah, on a golf a little, course, <laughs> little bag holder on the back of it, it'd be great. Do, domesticated mammoths <laughs> is what I'm kind of thinking of because I mean if they just came back out of nowhere I mean I that would I would be a little afraid of that but yeah oh it'd be terrifying but it'd be kind of cool <laughs> right what's your current binge watch fave if you have any my current 
so I'm a big office, like the office fan, but I'm currently watching Jane the Virgin. Um, and I cannot stop watching it. It is so good and so funny. Um, but I think it's hard to beat like the office for all time, but I know they just took that off Netflix. Oh yeah. I think, did it move to Peacock? I want to say. Oh, maybe. Something like that. I didn't know it moved. I think it is an NBC show if I remember right. Yeah. So anyways, so, but right now Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. Okay. I actually haven't seen Jane the Virgin, but I've heard so many good things about it. Oh, it's so good. There's like a lot going on at one time. So it's one of those shows that you like, you can't like have in the background as you're doing schoolwork or anything. It's, you have to give it your attention, but it's hundred percent worth the watch. Okay. I like that because I don't, I'm not a huge fan of passive TV. I mean, if I've seen it before, that's one thing, but passive CG, like I, I don't know if you saw Emily in Paris, but that definitely became one of those shows for me where I was able to tune out of it so easily. And I don't know. I like getting myself wrapped up in a TV show. Yeah, no, I get that. I haven't seen it, but but I'm the same way. I want to like, if I'm going to watch TV, I want to actually watch TV. Right, right. And finally, are you a cereal fan? And name me your top three cereals. I do like cereal. Um, my top three cereals. Okay, number one is Lucky Charms. I grew up eating Lucky Charms. I have an addiction to it. It's great. Um, two would probably be Fruit Loops. As you can see, I'm, I'm a very healthy eater. Um, and then three, I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I think that one's really good too. Have you been following the Cinnamon Toast Crunch controversy? No. Did something happen? Oh, oh my goodness. Girl. Um, Sorry, I'm out of the loop. <laughs> you're good. Um, basically, someone posted their Cinnamon Toast Crunch uh, with allegedly pictured um, shrimp tails in it. Uh, I think they contacted Cinnamon oh Toast Crunch. It, it's gone viral on Twitter. It's everywhere. Um, oh my gosh. I think they were kind of dismissive of their complaints and said, take it to the police. And it just has kind of <laughs> erupted into this funny thing of, oh, hello, police. Here are my shrimp tails. So it, it's just been super funny. It, I it think this has been going on since yesterday morning or something. And oh I don't know goodness. if you ever watched um, Boy Meets World or Girl Meets World, I think she was on, but yep. Topanga, it's Topanga's husband in real life. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who found the shrimp tail. So Cinnamon oh, Toast Crunch has been a hot topic lately. Oh, interesting. Noted. I'll check my cereal bowl for shrimp tails. Yeah, next no, time. <laughs> next time. I don't know if you're fueling up for Augusta with cinnamon toast crunch but just just be careful because I don't know what's going on in those boxes oh my goodness it's a mystery cereal now but now I'm curious what will you fuel up with mm, I'm not a big breakfast person so I don't normally eat much in the morning so I, I have a hard time like eating eggs or anything like that like bagel with cream cheese is like always a go-to or like some Greek yogurt with some fruit in it or granola um something along those lines maybe do you have like a favorite at the turn snack I really like peanut butter crackers on the golf course and some beef jerky. Ooh, solid picks. Yeah, pretty boring, but 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 good and, and classic. I feel like they get the job done. They're a very portable snack, but also it's like a really nice source of tasty protein. Oh, 100%. Like, I have a hard time. Some people will eat, like, full meals on the golf course. I, I struggle with that. Um, So I'd much rather, like, snack every, like, three or four holes than, than sit down at the turn and, like, have a sandwich or something like that. Strategic snacking, I see. That's good. <laughs>
Good. That's about right. <laughs> all right. That's all I got for you. Thank you for coming on and allowing me to highlight your story and the next week for you. I mean, I'm excited for you and everybody else that's going out there. It's going to be a fantastic week, not only for the comeback, but for you getting to play your first few competitive rounds out there. That's awesome. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You just heard from Rachel Keene, sophomore at Wake Forest University. If you want to keep up with Rachel's TikToks or her personal updates on her Instagram, you can follow her at Rachel underscore Keen underscore. I'll spell that out. That's R-A-C-H-E-L underscore K-U-E-H-N underscore. And if you want to keep up with Wake Forest as they continue along their spring season, you can follow their Twitter account for their latest updates at Wake W Golf. That's at W-A-K-E-W-G-O-L-F. Thanks for tuning in for this interview. I had a great time making it and stick around for more highlights as we continue to celebrate the Augusta National Women's Amateur.